On this episode of the Catholic Echo Podcast from the Diocese of Youngstown, we're talking about responding to racism with Bishop David Bonner, Robin Johnson, and Father Ed Noga. Find more about this episode's topic, including articles from the Catholic Echo at catholicecho.org slash podcast. And now the host of the Catholic Echo Podcast, Father Jim Corda. Hello and welcome to the Catholic Echo Podcast. I'm your host, Father Jim Corda. Our show is brought to you by the annual Diocesan Appeal, the Catholic Communication Campaign, and Cumulus Media Youngstown. With me again is Bishop David Bonner. Welcome to our show. Thank you, Father Corda. It's always a joy to be with you. Uh, tomorrow we celebrate the birthday, uh, the anniversary of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. He is someone that we certainly lift up today as we celebrate him and highlight his presence among us. You know, I think it's important, though, when we talk about Martin Luther King Day, that we talk about the issues of racism and prejudice that unfortunately still plague our society. We use that word systemic. Why is that still part of the society? Well, it's very sad. I think while strides have been made, we still are not where we need to be as a society. Prejudice prevails. Why, you ask the question, I think that there's fear. There's just an instilled sense of judgment, a myopic sense that people need to look a certain way or be like me. And that's not the way it is. I mean, we're all unique Mm -hmm. and different. We're all God's children made in his image and likeness. And we need to look to each other as brothers and sisters. And I think that was the beauty of Dr. Martin Luther King, his Mm -hmm. dream. I remember as a high school student, I was in forensics, and Mm -hmm. I remember delivering his I Have a Dream speech. Mm -hmm. And it, it just left an imprint upon my heart And it's a dream that we still need to realize together. And I like to pick up on that because his words were, I have a dream. The thing is that we need to make that dream a reality. And we have yet to do that. You know, he was assassinated in 1968. It wasn't until 1986 that it was enacted to have a commemoration, a national commemoration of the celebration of Dr. Martin Luther King. And it certainly wasn't until the year 2000 where all 50 states actually got together and actually have a date set aside to celebrate this federal national holiday. And so we are kind of still light years away from reaching our goal of being against prejudice, being against racism, being against xenophobia. Why are we so fearful of other people that aren't like us? You know, before the taping, we were talking about kind of our growing up in our neighborhoods. I was fortunate enough living on the east side of Youngstown that I had in our school, we had a diversity of African-Americans, Hispanic, white, and then on into high school. And so I was really blessed with that diversity. And then when I eventually became a pastor in a local parish in the center city, that brought that even more to light and celebratory. Why is it important for us to kind of be people who break down those barriers? Well, I think that that's how God wants us to be. There shouldn't be any barriers. There shouldn't be any prejudices. But sadly, a lot of these behaviors, a lot of these perceptions have been taught and they've been perpetuated. 
And I think that as a society, it is incumbent upon each and every one of us to break down these barriers, to change the narrative, and to recognize that we are all brothers and sisters. And to echo those words of Dr. King, to really have that dream that we can see each other as God made us and as we are, brothers and sisters. You know, he was an activist. He was a Baptist minister. But there was a fine line sometimes between faith and politics. We tread lightly, I think, in this day and age because that line is so so fragile. Why is it important for us as people of faith to keep that separation and understand that we are activists but we do so in the realm of faith as church, but we don't step over that line of politics. And I think that's what Dr. King did. He did not allow himself to step over that line. I think the key is to recognize that all that we are, all that we have comes from God, and that we are his instruments. When I look at Dr. Martin Luther King, I think he was a holy man who was an instrument of change, an agent of change in a world that was in dire need of change and transition. You used the word earlier, systemic. Mm-hmm. Thanks be to God, we've come a long way. We're still not there yet, mm-hmm. but I mean, we have come a long way and it's unacceptable that we aren't where we need to be. I challenge all of our listeners to step back and to really look at what we can do to join that chorus of Dr. King, to to be part of that parade of change and of recognition and of brotherhood and sisterhood that we're all in this together. You really celebrated that when you first came to our diocese back in 2021, I think with the blessing of the statue of Shuba and Robinson. Talk about that experience. Father Jim, that was one of the highlights of my episcopacy, working with Dr. Robin Woodbury, an African-American woman who has since been ordained. She's an ordained minister. And together we prayed as brother and sister, Mm -hmm. as black and white bringing about unity. We, just as Jackie Robinson and George Shuba manifested that recognition and that unity in that moment on the baseball field. Mm -hmm. And I think that if we're going to change the narrative, that's how it happens. Mm -hmm. It happens in the moment. It happens in those one-on-one encounters. Mm -hmm. It happens in those conversations. Mm -hmm. It happens in the ways that, that we can lift each other up and, and really embrace one another as family. I'd like to bring in our last few minutes of our time together the word evangelization, because I think Dr. King was an evangelist. He was a Baptist minister, but he was an evangelist. He drew others not only to his cause in civil rights, but drew others to the Lord. And how important is that for us to do that? Because if we're centered on him, then obviously we've kind of eschewed some of those prejudices and those other barriers that keep us from this true unity, this true celebratory diversity that we should have. Well, I think when we look at Dr. Martin Luther King, he was an evangelist because it wasn't about him. Mm -hmm. He wasn't promoting himself. He was promoting a way, the way of Jesus, the way of the Christian life, to be one together. So I think that is really the essence there, that he didn't make it about him. And he, mm-hmm. he showed a vision, a horizon for a whole new way of mm-hmm. existence and of being in the world. 
What would you like in closing to tell the folks that are with us what they can do to lift up and to celebrate the memory of Dr. King? Well, I think first of all, to pray a prayer of gratitude. He began what is a long march, Mm -hmm. a march for freedom, a march for recognition, a march for unity and solidarity. So I think we need to be grateful to God for this, this instrument of grace. I think secondly, we need in our petitions, in our intercessory prayer, to pray for an end to racism. Mm-hmm. And then third, we have to open ourselves up to becoming active agents of change, like Dr. Martin Luther King. Words of wisdom to live by. Thank you so much. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Did you know that the Catholic Echo magazine is delivered 10 times per year to 52,000 Catholic households in Northeastern Ohio? That's more than 150,000 people. And the Catholic Echo website, catholicecho.org, has been averaging 30,000 views per month since it launched in February 2023. Advertise your business, special event, or service with the Catholic Echo in print or online. Email catholicecho at youngstowndiocese.org. Advertising discounts are available for Catholic institutions, as well as for businesses that commit to five or ten issues in a year. Email catholicecho at youngstowndiocese.org or visit the Advertising tab at catholicecho.org for more information. If you have a story idea for the Catholic Echo magazine, podcast, or website, send an email to catholicecho at youngstowndiocese.org. We'd love to hear your ideas. With me now is Robin Johnson, who is the president of the Catholic Interracial Council for the Diocese of Youngstown. It's so nice to have you on our show today. Thank you for having me. Now, Robin, I know that you've been involved with the church for so long, and especially with this interracial council. Give us just a brief history of the council and what's so important about it. Okay. Well, the council was established in 1962. Mm -hmm. Our main focus at that time was evangelization, Mm -hmm. and it continues to be one of our main focuses, trying to let everyone know that God loves you. Mm -hmm. Regardless of your circumstance, he still loves you. We also promote a Catholic education. We are against racism. Mm -hmm. We are against guns and violence. Those are the areas that we focus on. And we know that tomorrow we celebrate the birthday of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And so that's really a a celebration for all of us who work together uh, for peace, for justice, uh, for truth. Why is it so important for us as a nation, I -hmm. think, to build up people who really support the rights of others. Well, when you look back on the life of Martin Luther King, Mm -hmm. who was the most noted civil rights leader, Mm -hmm. who fought with nonviolence to bring about equality. Mm -hmm. We're all equal. We're all the same. Mm -hmm. God loves us all the same. Mm -hmm. And and I love the thing that you had mentioned just a few moments ago about evangelization. Mm -hmm. And while we were talking before we started the taping, God loves everybody. Yes, he does. And and so if God loves everybody, what does that say about us who Mm -hmm. are his children? Mm -hmm. 
Yes. Shouldn't we love one yes. another as we well? We should love one another. We're yeah. brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we should all love one another. Yeah. And I love the, obviously, the, the nonviolence aspect mm-hmm. of Dr. Martin Luther King. You know, first of all, he was he was a Baptist minister. Yes. So he was a person of faith. Yes. But he also was an activist. Yes. And he worked very diligently. Yes. Nonviolence. Nonviolence. Uh, exactly. Yes. That's the important part. Mm-hmm. Nonviolence. You know, mm-hmm. just boycotting and protesting. Sure. You know? Sure. Yeah. Now, one of the areas that I know that the Catholic Interracial Council works is also within neighborhoods. Yes. Let's talk about neighborhoods, how they've changed over these many years, mm-hmm. uh, not only with you in Canton, but us in Youngstown and all across our diocese. Mm-hmm. Neighborhoods across the country have changed. What is one of the constants? What's something that hasn't changed in neighborhoods? I would say the constant has been people interacting, mm-hmm. people interacting. What the Catholic Interracial Council does is four times a year we have a dinner mm-hmm. and invite people from the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. With the church being nestled in a black neighborhood, it gets us a chance to bring black people to the church and feel more comfortable with Catholicism mm-hmm. and being a part of the church. And it welcomes them. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's interesting because you're also part of the National Black Catholic Congress yes. who mm-hmm. meets every five years. And you had an experience recently with their gathering. Talk about that. It was held in Baltimore, Maryland, and it was an amazing experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been to five congresses. Mm-hmm. It's a large gathering. Actually, it was 80 dioceses represented mm-hmm. there, and it was the outpouring of priests and nuns and deacons and, of course, Cardinal Gregory. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was an overwhelming mm-hmm. experience, mm-hmm. and it brought me hope that I can bring back to my diocese. Mm -hmm. And let's talk about that sense of hope. You Mm -hmm. know, oftentimes when we kind of live our daily lives in this kind of crazy world sometimes that we find ourselves in, the element and the virtue of hope is not there all the time. Mm -hmm. What can we do to bring about more hope in this world Mm -hmm. and even within our communities? Mm -hmm. I think prayer. Mm -hmm. I think prayer will bring about hope in this diocese, in our community, even in our families. I mean, mm-hmm. hope is, is important, so important. And I'd like to talk about St. Francis of Assisi mm-hmm. Parish, which is the newly named yes. parish, and it combined St. Benedict's, St. Yes. Anthony's, St. Mary's. Talk about that kind of transformation into mm-hmm. St. Francis of Assisi Parish. Uh, well, it's, it's very new, for one thing. We lost St. Mary's, which was initially St. Benedict's sister church. But we gained, we gained St. Anthony's, and St. Anthony's has a large Spanish population. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to, to get to know them and interact with them, and, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I'm excited to have that interaction. And let's talk about some of the membership, and I know we've talked about this prior to our taping. It's kind of hard to get people involved in, yes. in things, activities, mm-hmm. whether it's committees in the church or volunteering, but recently you were obviously in the Catholic Echo, mm-hmm. and you had some new members that joined. Yes. Talk about that. Just our last couple of meetings, we've had a new person come to the mm-hmm. last three meetings, and it's just so exciting because our, our organization has aged out. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of older members, and it's so hard to get young people in, mm-hmm. but I'm excited that post the article in the Echo that we have people coming. 
That's good. That's wonderful. Let's go back to Catholic education. That really is so important. Yes. What does the Catholic Conference and interracial group do to promote Catholic education? Well, at one time, we would give scholarships Mm -hmm. for people that couldn't afford, Mm -hmm. especially black people that couldn't afford to attend Catholic schools. But now with Ed Choice, a lot of people have the opportunity to go there. Mm -hmm. And we promote Catholic education because of the religion that's introduced. Mm -hmm. And it is our hope that the kids will gain the religious experience Mm -hmm. and take it to their families. And I think another thing that I'd like to to mention is that you yourself are a convert. Yes. And so you were what I'd like to call loved into the church, obviously through your husband. Talk about that. Yes, I was loved into the church. For a long time, me and my husband, we would go to Mass and to my church on Sundays. Mm -hmm. And we decided, no, we're going to go to one church. We're going to go to one church. And I took RCI class, and I think the most important thing that I learned that Catholic is Christian, Mm -hmm. and then I felt safe. And I joined the church and have been there for 23 years, and I'm happy. Well, God bless you. We appreciate your ministry here in the Diocese of Youngstown, but also we appreciate the faith that you have that you share with others, and that's what we're all about, yes, isn't it? Yes, that's what Christians are about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing I'd like to kind of close with, I know that when you were at the Black Catholic Conference, one of the persons were lifted up, and that is servant of God, Thea Bowman, Mm -hmm. Sister Thea Bowman. Oh, gosh. I remember Mm -hmm. her over the years, and sadly, she died. She passed away from cancer, Mm -hmm. but her cause Mm -hmm. is being talked about. Let us know about that. I had the opportunity to meet her at Walsh University, Mm -hmm. and just her her, her whole spirit is just overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Her thing was, we're black, but we want to be Catholic, Mm -hmm. and that was her big emphasis, Yes. Well, Robin Johnson, president of the Catholic Interracial Council for the Diocese of Youngstown, thank you so much for your work, Mm -hmm. uh, for your dedication, Mm -hmm. and for your faith. We appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me. Stay with us. We'll be back in a moment. Please join Catholic Charities by helping to support the Warm Hearts for Warm Homes campaign, formerly known as Keep the Kids Warm. The Warm Heart for Warm Homes campaign helps to provide direct utility assistance to families with children, working poor adults, and older adults on fixed incomes. Last year, Catholic Charities agencies impacted thousands of people through utility assistance efforts. Unfortunately, this year, the need for heat and utility assistance continues to rise. Catholic Charities is asking for your help to make Warm Hearts for Warm Homes a success by giving to your local parish, online at www.ccdoy.org or by calling Catholic Charities at 330-744-8451. If you have a story idea for the Catholic Echo magazine, podcast, or website, send an email to catholicecho at youngstowndiocese.org. We'd love to hear your ideas.
With me now is Father Ed Noga, who is retired pastor of St. Patrick's Church on the south side of Youngstown for many years. It's wonderful to have you on our show. Oh, thanks for inviting me. You know, tomorrow we celebrate Martin Luther King Day. It's certainly a, a wonderful event, not only in the life of our local community, but in the life of our nation as well. Why is it important for us to remember and to commemorate someone like Martin Luther King? Certainly in our tradition, we commemorate and remember people that have been real champions for the gospel. We know that we have a calendar of saints and that we're all called to sanctity. Maybe we're not a named saint, but we're called to live out that gospel. I think Martin Luther King Jr., throughout his life and certainly in his challenges to all of us, reminded us of the fact that the gospel is not is always timeless, but it's not always kind of timely. I remember reading in his Birmingham letters from jail that at the time several religious leaders, including a Catholic bishop, said to him, you know, Martin, we think that what you're working for is great and it's going to happen, but maybe it's just not the right time. And his response, I'm not going to be able to quote it because I won't do it justice, but he said, gospel time is not the same as regular daytime or hour time. And he says, if we're to live the gospel, we have to be courageous. And when it needs to happen, that's the time. And I think, you know, it's kind of poetic. And he was mm -hmm. very poetic in his own way. But I think that reality is what he lived by. Needed to be done, needed to be said. And he certainly drew a lot of people around him who realized that message. So we honor him because he's one of our own in the sense that we grew up with him. His tragic end somewhat of being a martyr to the cause uh, is certainly something that we need to think about and act upon, not just think about. Yeah. I'd like to go back to some of what you're saying. You know, we know him as a Baptist minister. That was his calling, his vocation. And yet out of that grew this activism, this longing to preach the gospel, but also to recognize civil rights and to recognize the rights of of basic human beings. And why is it important for us as, as people of faith to have that activism? You know, oftentimes they say, oh, you keep your evangelism in the church. Don't worry about bringing it out into the community or into politics, let's say. Mm -hmm. Why is it important for us to be active activists? Very timely with our current Holy Father. He has reminded us over and over again that the mm -hmm work of the church within the walls of the church building is very important, but it's probably equally important, maybe even more important to pitch that tent. Mm -hmm. He talks about the hospital tent, mm -hmm. and the hospital tent certainly has to do with uh, basic human needs, but I think it expands into the whole notion of activism, you know, and he mm -hmm. certainly has been extremely vocal about the sadness and the uh, destructiveness of war around the world. And I think Martin Luther King was saying that years and years and years ago. Mm -hmm. May not have been too popular, but again, he commented often that the time of the gospel is a time of courage, not when it's convenient. Well, you know, it's interesting because when we preach the good news, it's right. not at a convenient time. It kind of rubs people sometimes in a different way. And yet that is the call of the church is for us to stand up for those who are less fortunate than ourselves, those who do not have adequate food, clothing, shelter, you know, to be a voice for those who have no voice. And interestingly enough, in our Youngstown area community, 
for decades as pastor at St. Patrick's and even before that, and certainly still going on. On Martin Luther King Day, there's always a uh, not only a celebration of his life, but also a workshop that reminds us of that. If we just remember him and say, boy, what a great speaker and how he gathered people in the Washington Mall and uh, was able to uh, bring people like one of my predecessors, Monsignor Breen Malone, mm-hmm. you know, to bring them to the table was great, but we have to continue that work today. And those workshops always take a particular theme of either one of his letters or one of his preachings or one of his speeches and say, you know, how do we do that today, right today? We would kind of be remiss if we didn't recognize a group of believers and worshipers who have gotten together over the years and form what they call action. You can tell us a little bit more about the acronym, what that all means, and what was the impetus behind it all. How is that still going in the local community? ACTION stands for Alliance for Congregational Transformation in Our Neighborhoods, and almost 40 years ago, some folks from the Gamaliel Foundation out of Chicago came and kind of pitched it to different clergy, including myself, Father Tom Eisworth, other priests, and a lot of other ministers, rabbis in the community. So picking up on that ecumenical notion, they reminded us that the power of the church can come to bear on social issues, very basic ones that go way beyond our boundaries, our denominational beliefs, and where our history is from, but puts us in an arena that says, here are some community problems that can be tackled by people of faith. I remember one of the presenters from the Gamaliel Foundation said, you bring people from their faith and background and the fire in their belly and bring it to a social neighborhood concern. And it's difficult, and it was difficult at times, to kind of get over worrying a little bit maybe too much about our denominational differences, how we pray, who we pray to, if we were Muslim or Jewish, to realizing that the Spirit of God works through all religions. That took several workshops, in a sense, to get people to realize, hey, we're not putting down or lifting up one or the other. We're just saying, you have a faith, you have fire in your belly and a commitment to it, Bring it to work for your local neighborhood, and you could do that together. And it certainly became obvious when we marched around some neighborhoods that needed demolition done, that had high uh, drug trafficking rates, Mm -hmm. and uh, the news media, and neighbors, mostly Mm -hmm. neighbors, Mm -hmm. who would come out and see a rabbi, Muslim imam, Mm -hmm. Catholic priests, religious women and men Mm -hmm. marching together. And it seems so simple but it took quite a bit to put it together. One thing that I'd like us to talk about, and that is something you touched on, is that when you bring people of faith together, we don't look at our differences. We look at what unites us. And oftentimes what unites us are those social issues, those civil rights issues that are there right before us. Why is it important for people of faith, first of all, to work together to bring about some change, especially in our neighborhoods? Well, in many... uh, of our Christian denominations, we always talk about building up the kingdom of God or building up the city of God. Well, if we use that as an analogy, the city of God is built upon neighborhoods of faith. Mm -hmm. And although maybe sometimes in the past there were pockets of neighborhoods in all communities because ethnic groups settled in one or another neighborhood, Mm -hmm. by and large, and especially today, you have people of all faiths and 
really, mm-hmm. and honestly, no faith living in the same neighborhoods. So right. whatever you might work on to lift up less drug trafficking, to demolish homes that need to be demolished, it is going to lift up the value of people's homes. You could do that well beyond our differences. And it's been done. Mm-hmm. And it's been done around the country and to a certain extent here in the Youngstown area. And just one final thought before we close on Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. Well, I think that when he wrote his letters from Birmingham jail, he might have been imprisoned. Reminds me of that, I think, one of those songs from Leonard Bernstein's Mass when it says you cannot imprison the word Mm -hmm. of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And he did it even when he was behind bars. Father Adnoga, thank you so much for your presence on our show today and for lifting up the issues that surround us, but especially giving thanks in commemoration of Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. Glad to be here. Thank you. For more information, go to catholicecho.org. The Catholic Echo Podcast is a production of the Roman Catholic Diocese of Youngstown in cooperation with Cumulus Media Youngstown. I'm your host, Father Jim Corda. Have a blessed day, and may God be with you.